0: One win in the regular season doesn't make a season. One Stanley Cup playoff win doesn't lead you to a championship. But man, oh man, are the Toronto Maple Leafs out of the gate early in fine fashion. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jennifer Rolnick, and producer Sammy McKee here for the next two hours to break it all down. Game one, the Toronto Maple Leafs dominant Blow out the Tampa Bay Lightning in game one. We're glad you're along for the ride wherever you are. Live streaming on our YouTube Sportsnet channel. Downloading our podcast or listening on Sportsnet 590. The fan. Glad you're a born. Aboard. Hey, I'm glad <laughs> I'm a born too. And a born <laughs> in Justin. Yeah, bud. Did you call for that? <laughs> or was that Sammy's... Uh, Sammy's call. I know Derek had five two, I believe. Yeah, I had two one. I had, you had fi- two one. I yeah. had five four in overtime. So much less stressful. So yes. where are we in twenty four hours when it just strictly comes to the vibe? I've got I got a nervous one out of Sammy today. Twenty four hours oh, ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I okay. got a very nervous one. And yes, like I said, one one Stanley Cup playoff win doesn't lead you to. Uh, to Lord Stanley himself. But today, 24 hours, I'll go to you, Sammy, to start us off here. Uh, Relieved or just cautiously optimistic a lot more now?
1: Happy that happened. I will say that I am very happy that that game happened. Like you said, one win doesn't mean everything, but I also don't necessarily like the other side of the internet and uh, non-Leaf fans being like, ah, it's only one game. How can you... Every team gets excited when... Every fan of every team gets excited when their team wins a Stanley Cup playoff game. So quit with the gatekeeping on that one, first of all. Second of all... That was just such a you know what kicking that that does let you dream a little bit seeing them play the way they played last night. We talked about 82 regular season games on this show, boys, and they've never played better than they did last night in a game that we have talked about on the on the radio. So no. I think you can dream a little bit, but it's one game, and you can prepare for a wild performance from the from the Lightning coming up here. They're going to be shot out of a cannon, but yeah, I'm pretty happy today, fellas. Can't lie.
0: When we when we look at the last three games they've played, mm-hmm. all three of them have been dominated by a team. It was supposed to level off last night, wasn't it? The Yeah. Like a month ago the Leafs kicked their ass and then the Tampa Bay kicked their ass and now the Leafs are back kicking their ass again. Uh this will level off, won't it, Justin? Yeah, I
2: expect we're going to see a game where both teams are going to bring it at some point. I got to tell you, if you're a Leafs fan or a member of the Leafs staff or whatever, what a weird experience last night and today was. Just because, how often does everything go to plan in a hockey game? Like, I, I understand that there were some things early in the game that maybe weren't uh, drawn up, and we'll get to Clifford and the and that. But like, it, what? About, I, I went through there. I wrote an article for Sportsnet.ca today. I mean, who didn't you like on the Leafs last night? Special teams, goaltending, pick a player. I mean, the coaching, whatever. you Yeah, yeah. it just it worked. Yeah, I cannot. I'm stunned yeah. to be sitting here today and going. You know what worked? Uh, all of it. Stunned. D- didn't love Clifford. Well, <laughs> it
0: wasn't two minutes yeah, in. Worked. Two minutes in, yeah. Brody gets beat to the net. I think it was Haggle. Yep. And pulls him down. Kill that one off. But the stunning one was Clifford. Yeah. And just to update you, uh, he had his hearing, I believe, about an hour or so roughly ago. Okay. okay. I think all day long, it's a one-game suspension. If you want any comparables at all out there, uh, uh, go to Alex Kalorn's hit against Josh Bailey, I think two years ago in the bubble. Okay. Similar uh, hit. I think regardless of how early it was in the game, I don't think it will be sufficient enough to say, that he missed the majority of game one. Therefore, that is equal to a one-game suspension. But well, listen, I, I'm, I'm just telling you how I feel. It's, it's not based on any inside information.
2: Yeah, you know, my, my thoughts are, I'm thinking back to Connor McDavid on Adrian Kempe earlier in the season. He paced him from behind. I thought it should have been a suspension. He didn't get suspended. This, to me, is that play again. Um, you know, gets a five misses 53 minutes of the hockey game or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get suspended, but um either way, if it's
0: one okay. game no games, but it it, it was it was far from the perfect start for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Right. Yeah, I would say up until the moment
1: that the the hit happened and the kill happened. I'd say it was the opposite of a good start. I would say it was a very shaky start. Well, even. I I thought it was representative of the crowd and the energy.
2: Like the the Leafs felt like You know, they could skate and they got after it, but anytime they handled the puck, I thought it was like, okay, you know, get it going forward. They, they, you know, their strengths are poise and dangly and, you know, doing all those nasty things with the puck. I thought they were really rough with the puck in the article I wrote today. I highlighted a few instances of that. And that's why, and you know, I, I guess we should, I'll just dive in on it. That's why the PK to me was perfect for them in that moment, because they were able to skate and pursue, and the, the pressure switched to Tampa. Right? They get that power play. Tampa was supposed to score. You got a five in the first ten minutes. This is a. It just changed the tone of everything, and the Leafs were able to pursue, use their feet. They didn't have to handle the puck. Got the jitters out.
0: Just to kind of put a, a little bit of a bow on on Kalorn, we, we, we had a great conversation. I thought uh, yesterday mm-hmm. about the the change of tone out of Sheldon when it came to maybe the motivation behind talking about a violent series and why, why Clifford over mm. Spezza, and it's a different look. And you know me. I mean, I'm all day long about fourth liners, but I'm not all day long about fourth liners who make stupid decisions. Not the first and, one he's made this year either. And, and that's, that's another thing as well is that's probably in the back half of the season, maybe his third dumb penalty, yeah, the one that stands out to me the most was a pretty good Nashville game where he took a a penalty that maybe decided the game mm-hmm. but my question is, with all that talk about a violent series did you did you kind of set him up to fail and it, you you think he'd be smart enough he'd be yeah, experienced I put it on him enough. Still. Daryl Sutter, L.A. won a championship. To go out and and do what you did, and and set your team back for five minutes. It's just to me, it's uh, it's just an unacceptable act. Yeah. This time of year. What do you think about the
2: idea that the crowd spurred him on there? Because a the moment before that, he throws a nothing hit on yeah. maybe Ann Ruta, and the crowd's <sighs> out of their feet. And I, th- I honestly, I feel like the adrenaline, like he just, you know, you want to do it again. You want to get people going. It felt like the moment, the crowd had significant impact on on his decision
1: making there. Sammy, you yeah. think so? I, it's, a, it's an interesting point to make that, like, it's it's a pretty uh, high level game out there, and you're excited, and guys are cheering for you. There's that crowd, like we talked about. We'll get Keith's thoughts on the crowd last night. But I think there's something to that that you know the crowds cheering your wires cross a little bit you want to make an impact your coach is talking about violence before the series you're out there for violence that's and, your you role. Can, and you commit some violence
0: Listen he's he's not it's not bunting it's not Angvall and it's not McKayev. It is a guy that's played 700 800 games 750 800 games He's had a championship he's had almost 70 playoff career games Where does he where do you get off telling me, well, the crowd made me do it. Oh, yeah. No, you don't. You don't. I, uh, You know, but
2: it has dropped off for him. He's been in the American League. He hasn't felt those moments. It's been the pandemic. I just could see how it could get the best yeah. of him in that moment. But you're right. Your job is to control that. You're only going to play eight minutes, make good decisions in those eight. Let, why don't we go to Sheldon and yep. start with that so, crowd? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah.
3: We had a lot of guys that were really, were really good today. Our team played really well. Our crowd was Unbelievable tonight. I thought the crowd was the first star of the game, despite we had a lot of guys that were good, and I thought that they carried us through that kill. You know, the players played hard. They got they got life, and we got some chances, and just the way that our crowd responded and then really did let up for the rest of the game from there. You know, I was asked questions down the stretch of the regular season how important home ice was. Um, and I, you know, I felt that it would be important. I didn't feel it would be that important. Uh, it's my first game coaching the Leafs with a full building here. And uh, I certainly felt it. But even talking to some others that have been in the building and, and have been through this, uh, our crowd is... is uh, You can feel the love for this team and the excitement about, with this for this team. And I thought they were outstanding tonight. And our team just didn't look back.
1: Kiefer's juice, eh? Yeah. You can, you can tell when he walked to the podium, just the look on his face, that he was ready to uh, to talk about <laughs> the game. Because I've listened to a lot of post-game from Sheldon Keefe, and you can tell when there's nights when he's not ready to talk and there's nights when hey. he's ready to talk. S- Sammy goes to me
2: before the show that he, he had to walk with his waist out to hide the pants tent. He was walking
0: <laughs> <up there. laughs> he, was fu- he was fired up. Like he, like he gave
1: birth. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was... I didn't. I'm not going. I wasn't there last night. I'm going on Wednesday night with Sports Final Night, and we'll have. Actually, it's on City News 680, so uh, we'll we'll have the coverage. And, but I was taken aback last night, even on TV, by that crowd. Like, I, yeah. there's been some great crowds at Scotiabank yeah, Arena. aren't they Arena. supposed to be a Bay Street suit
2: crowd eating don't, sushi? So
1: much for that. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's been good crowds at Scotiabank Arena. I've been part of great crowds. But that was another level. And I don't necessarily know what the, I guess it's been a long time, the COVID restrictions, first playoff game with fans in a lot of years. But they were a major factor. I don't think Keefe is exaggerating how much. That kill was unbelievable.
0: The energy that that kill picked up and, for me, that, that was the, the game right there. Yeah. Because it just, it created uh, an energy. And it's one thing to not score on any power play. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing when the best scoring opportunities come from the team that's killing yeah. and and not on a power play. And it every time there was a turnover... And I think, uh, you know, even watching a guy like Lilligren now have the confidence shorthanded to not ice the puck, but looking for for someone, look for a breaking Marner Mm -hmm. or a breaking Mikheyev or breaking Kerfoot now. How dangerous right now? Like Tampa Bay's momentum may come off the fact that they didn't give up a shorthanded goal. Forget about a power play goal.
2: Yeah. And you know what? It was just like the Leafs biggest strength is that offense and the go-go-go-ness. You know, asking them to score against Tampa Bay at, at even strength in that first period might have been a lot, but it gave them a success to build on, right? That was something they could feel good about that they had accomplished and go, things are going in the right direction for us here. Plus, you know, you're going to get a call. And the second that power play is over for Tampa, sure enough, I, they get a pretty dicey call. Maybe, it yeah. depends how you feel about that, that call on Sergachev, but, or sorry, on Kucherov. Um, but yeah, it was generous to the Leafs and I think you could feel that that was going to come for them. Yeah. You know, now you're 12 minutes in and Matthews has barely
0: played and Marner's role and The other thing that uh just just from an overall sense is that Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay's uh energy is one that I don't know if you want to go back to a month ago when they struggled to having a great finish to the season, mm-hmm. to really looking a lot like you did a month ago. Whereas it, it, it's pretty clear that they're going to have a tough time matching the energy of the Leafs. And that's not to say that Tampa Bay is going to lose this series. But it comes a lot natural to the Leafs now than it is. To, to me, Tampa's got to find a way now to manufacture... Energy. They looked again slow. Did Th- they That not? was the
2: the difference in the game. They looked slow to me. I, like uh, Toronto looked like Alaskan sled
1: dogs that needed to be reined in. Like whoa. The one play that stood out to me. And it wasn't even a goal, but where they looked as is Kerfoot came from the blue line, dumped it over. It hit the backboards, and, and he, he beat everybody to the puck yeah. and got a scoring chance. And it's just like he he's looked, just Wayne yeah.
2: Gretzky in the playoffs. Yeah, huh? he just yeah.
1: flies. I I'm glad you said that, Kipper, because. If there's one thing after game one that gives me hope that this will be a good series for the Leafs is if they can keep that pace up, it
0: looks like it could it, be a problem for the Lightning. The Leafs could still lose this, and they could lose it because they've made bad decisions or they're caught pinching, mm-hmm. but it won't be because of lack of energy. No. It will be because of uh, poor decisions or, or just uh, an overall maybe nervousness like they've had in the past, but they will not be out-energized. No. In this series. No, I agree. And as much as you romantic, romantic uh, thoughts of of having three Stanley Cups in a row, we've been there as athletes. There's some times when you need to dig down deep, Just find some, and some other gear. There's still nothing there. Yeah. And that's what I saw last night a team that needed to dig down and, and find something, and there was nothing. Mm hmm. Do we go back to a team now that's it's going to be talked about that they've been through a lot? Parades, boat parades, White House trips, uh, shortened summers. like Or is it a game? That, that to me looked like a team that was searching for motivation last night and couldn't find it.
2: You know, the, the thing that's going to be interesting for this Leafs team is like bad things are going to happen. You're going, they're going to fall behind in a game, lose a game. They're going to give up goals. You know, Tampa Bay's claim, and John Cooper said this before game one against the Leafs, if we lose this game, you know what's going to happen? We're going to come right back. So looking back at this Tampa Bay team's two Stanley Cups, they lost the first game in their series three separate times. They've lost 13 games over those years. You know how many times they lost back-to-back? Yeah. Zero. Vasilevsky. They haven't lost
0: a back-to-back game. Vasilevsky has not lost Right. A back to back game in, in years. Two
2: years in the playoffs. So yeah. when you come out to, to play this next game, they're coming off those round one, those game one losses uh, in previous seasons. They're winning 3 2, 2 1, but 4 3. They're finding ways yeah. past.
0: Until they don't.
2: No, you're right. You're Until right. they don't. I'm Until they
0: do lose two in a I'm row.
2: That they, are go- they have the confidence that they can find it because they've done yeah. it. Yeah. The Leafs are going to have to find it when they give up the first goal. And that's that's for down the road, not, not for last night's analysis. But they're going to have to find that.
0: All right. Do we go? You want to go Matthews and Marner? Or do you want to stay on Tampa Bay? Because it could lend towards how John Cooper feels based on what you just said.
2: I'll let you make that call.
0: All right. Let's go to John Cooper here on his assessment after game one loss.
4: I, I'm not so sure the Maple Leafs had to play particularly well to beat us tonight. So it was, uh, it, when you've got to win four. You, know, you don't want to give teams any freebies, and we probably gave them a little bit of a freebie tonight. So it was hard to, I don't know, I think it's hard to judge either team tonight.
0: A freebie. Yeah, I'm. I, I like John Cooper for a lot of different reasons, but I don't like the disrespect in that comment for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was dying to
2: hear how you felt about that comment.
0: Yeah. I think it's, I think at some point you can say all of that, but the, the usual tagline is, but let's give the Toronto Maple Leafs some credit. It was just, and that there was none of that at all. No, he just said, we just handed him one tonight. And that to me, if I'm a Leaf, that just pours a little gasoline on my fire. I agree. I agree that,
2: that that is ammo for the Leafs to say, you know, he doesn't think that, you know, it's about us. He thinks it's about them. I understand what Cooper's doing. He says, we've taken everyone's best punch for years, and we believe we can handle their best punch, so we don't need to show them respect. It's about us in here, and if we play our best, we'll
1: find it. I love listening to him talk. I really do. Yeah, He, he really is an artist of working with the media. Like, the stuff he was saying after the game, we got another clip of him that we'll play later on, but he's just really, really good at saying the right things in the right time. And maybe you don't think that's the right thing. Maybe he's trying to... I motiv- agree with Kipper. I don't yeah. think it was the right he's, thing. Maybe he's trying to motivate his team backhandedly, saying that, you know, we sucked. That's the only reason they beat us. You guys got to play better. But maybe... I, I don't know. I just I love listening to him talk. Cooper. Yeah.
0: Nobody knows his team better than he does. Yeah. And I'm sure even a month ago when they went through that horrible stretch, there was times when he wanted to light them up, but... Probably didn't yeah. because you can only go to the well so many times.
2: And like when he's showing them video today, he's not going to be going, oh, look at them. They're overwhelming us. He's saying, you know, like Cooch, like, you know what to do here. You need to make that play. Like, it's about them for him. I understand why he wants to put the focus for his guys back on their own performance. But, yeah, you got to hand it to the Leafs. The Leafs were just pumping last night.
0: They were. Uh, in about uh, 20, 25 minutes, Brad May will be joining us. We got to get into a few things because we all know what he would do. I'd fight my mom to win here. another Stanley
5: Cup. <laughs> One more time. One more time. I'd fight my mom to win another Stanley
0: Cup. Did the Leafs fight any moms last night? Is Yan Ruda have children?
2: Hey. Maybe because uh, he, he wore a couple of Morgan Riley uh, lefts.
0: All right. Before we get into the physicality, do you want to just touch on uh, star players showing up this time of year?
2: That's it. I mean, that's it. You know, the conclusion for us, I think, and I shouldn't put words in your mouth, but the Kyle Clifford penalty came at the right time for the Leafs and that turned the game. But how it turned the game is it allowed Mitch Marner to handle the puck, find his game. He was so good on that penalty kill and then was just unbelievable throughout that hockey and last night. Austin Matthews bombs a couple in the net and
0: all of a sudden, how do you know? They're feeling like, how do you not know? Matthews is, is going to shoot that on the five and three. It's it's like watching a a sprinter starting a hundred yard dash. Like you know where he's coming, yeah. you know what direction he's coming, and you know what. I was actually surprised Vasilevsky wasn't better. Like that was a short side slapper.
1: Sports that that had a great view of him, like the ISO cam on Matthews, and curls wh- up to the blue. he literally looked away from the play, like looked into the fans and the glass, <laughs> then comes back down full speed. That's the hardest shot competition, competition yeah. where you skate down at it, Le- leaned on it, and it went in. And like I just the pace with Marner and the smarts he was playing with, and for him, like, that's the most important thing out of the game for me is to have those guys look up at the scoreboard and have them have points, yeah. like right away, right away. They're both on the boards with three points. Their confidence is going. They're feeling great, and I have a little stat here about them versus Tampa Bay. If you'll let me, let's have it. That in the last seven games against the Lightning, Matthews and Marner have combined for nine goals and 26 points. So this isn't a team that they are particularly afraid of when it comes to scoring. So
0: that is off the chart numbers.
1: Yeah. So I really do think. Wow! Wow! (laughs) Wow! I really do think that that's (laughs) the most important part of the game is getting them going.
2: Why don't we hear Keith on um, Matthews and Marner?
3: You Those guys have scored at such a high level all season. It's a new season here now. You, you want to get rid of the zeros as quickly as you can. Uh So that's just another another thing tonight that just came up our, our way. You know, went our way. Um, you know, Austin huge power play goal for us at a key time. And Mitch's goal it's a great goal for us at a key time. And it's one that You know, he hangs on to the puck, hangs on to the puck. I mean, you could go back to last season and that's the kind of play and the kind of look he he got, I don't know how many times in the Montreal series, but a lot, and it didn't go for him tonight. It did. Um, So those are really good, uh, positive things for us that will help us going forward for sure. And like I said, we're going to need it because, you know, that's that's one game. Tampa's going to be a whole lot better we got to keep getting, getting better as we go through this series.
0: And to start the series, you have to show the respect for a Kucherov, a, a point, a stamp, coast, those type of players that have done it for the last couple of years, proven players. Mm-hmm. But if they're not matching the energy of a of a Marner and a Matthews, yeah. and they clearly did not. Like you're watching Kucherov. I, I think he was frustrated over... An attempt uh, on a cross ice pass that got picked off by Brody, and then he cross checks him. Yeah, right. Uh, just out of sheer frustration, probably. Right. And that, to me, it's it's just game one. But that's a that's a that's a tired like act. Uh.
2: You know, I mentioned this morning on the radio show that you, you talked about for days now that they're at the end of a road trip here. They, what have they been on the road for? Eight days. They've played a couple of games already. Like,
0: and they weren't sure whether they were coming home or not, or going to Toronto, and still undecided. Boston, us, Boston for Toronto. Like, not easy. No, not easy. But
2: boy, yeah, they 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 didn't bring it the same way Matthews and Marner did. And, you know, those guys, I I just feel like there's, you've been in slumps, I'm sure. My career was a slump, essentially. You know, like, I remember just when it's not going in for you, the different way you play and you don't play with that freedom, that arrogance that makes you really good. And, like, I look at how Cole Caulfield turned his game around after Marty St. Louis and how he started playing with that swagger. Matthews and Marner getting a couple on the board gives them that swagger and gives them the chance to be at their best. And that's that's it for the Leafs. The whole plan is that their team, their stars are going to be better than most teams. So getting those guys yeah. off the Schneider early was yeah. huge.
0: And the other factor here for me, and we talked about this, that uh, point, how healthy is he? I don't think he what, looked good. How, how big of a factor can he be now? Is he a winger because he's not feeling strong enough to, to play center? Like to me... Him less than at his best this time of year is really bad news for Tampa Bay.
2: It's a big swing, and, and you know what? He didn't have the best regular season. So he was less than a point per game player for them this year. Um, through... Minus
0: five on a team that yeah. can score like
2: that, right? You know. So, and last night was it him with the giveaway to Camp before Camp outraced Tedman on the on the shorthanded goal? I think it was Point, but anyway, he he just. Didn't look great for them. Um, they have switched up the lines like they had uh, Hagel playing uh, on the point line there, and they've taken him off that line now. So uh, they put Kalorn there looking to get a little bit more support for, uh, I guess, that line. I don't know. But, yeah, he's he missed some games down the stretch for more than maintenance. So that's a big, big uh, blow for Tampa Bay if they're not going to get much out of Braden Point.
0: All right, let's get into the shenanigans, physicalities, whatever you want to describe it. But uh, it led certainly to uh, an interesting finish to the game. Uh, sure did. Why don't we talk, uh, why don't we go to a Kippers Clipper on, on the physicalities according to Sheldon Keefe and what he saw.
3: I thought that the, the penalties obviously took a lot of wind out of the sails of the game. Um, but I liked how we, we handled it. You know, late. You know, I didn't like Cliff's penalty. Cliff said it's not a hit. You can, you can make there. Um, but uh, otherwise, uh, you know, I thought we handled it well. I thought we were physical when the when the game called for it and we needed to be. I thought we handled their physicality well, both in making plays and keeping the puck moving and not getting rattled by it. Um, and then just standing our ground when you know uh, the nonsense starts late in the third there.
2: I think the part about them standing their ground in the nonsense was key. I sneaky think it was really big that Morgan Riley engaged Patrick Maroon, tried to keep him out of that stuff. And then, you know, Maroon more or less jumps him, gives him the the business. Riley hangs in there and then he he goes back at Ian Ruda and decks him one. Like, I think that's a good look for the Leafs that when those guys try to muck it up on Tampa and and become more relevant, that Morgan Riley was a guy who was willing to, to step up there.
0: Fines for Pat Maroon, Corey Perry, and Simmons. They're each fined twenty-two uh, fifty for unsportsmanlike uh, conduct. Is that enough for you? Uh, you guys okay with that? I was a little confused as to what all of them
1: did really to get a fine. I think, uh,
0: yeah, what they get fined for? I don't know. I, I, so you just there is no like, you just
1: can't have a fight. Is that what they're? You can't be in a brawl. Like if you if the rule is there is no brawl, then you get to, you get. Fine for it, I guess, but I just didn't really understand, especially Simmons for general troublemakerness. Yeah, Simmons Sim- was skating away from Simmons got chased up the ice by two guys, didn't fight either, and then he once the brawl started, he, he got back in. He
0: didn't engage, which kind of created the energy first and foremost. Listen, the bottom line is the league's always had an issue. You can go back as far as when I played about message sending, mm-hmm. and there are there are and there are rules. There are they're they're, they're warned. That uh, they don't like it. Now, did it cross the line enough to suspend anybody? Probably not. But, you know, at some point, you could suspend somebody and really send a stern message that when the game's over and you guys want to start this stuff, you run the risk of being suspended, right? And it didn't get to that point. What did you think, though? What did you think of
2: Maroon and going at Riley and, you know, the, the way that they chased around you know Perry, well, deck and labushkin and
0: i i get simmons right if if it just dies off of simmons saying hey look at the scoreboard i don't i don't need right. to i don't need to go on your terms right
2: it's five nothing us we're not doing this it's okay yeah
0: the issue is though like where did it where did it bleed mm-hmm. into and you know if if Simmons does go maroon. Does then, Morgan Riley's then hand Mor- have cuts on the knuckles? Mor- Morgan doesn't run the risk of breaking his hand.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? I think if he had so, known it would lead there, I assume he would not have uh it it, it is what it is, and you you want to turn it as much as into a positive as you can. And overall, again, uh, a much better look. We've sat here on a few occasions saying, why didn't the Leafs go in and protect Tavares back in November or January? And, you know, why do they allow that? And why is it so hard for them to stick together and back each other up? Mm-hmm. If we're not having that conversation anymore based on what we saw last night. So yeah. you're going to find some positives out of it. You don't want to know what the, the biggest positive for the Leaf fans might be? That, that Morgan Riley isn't suspended today.
2: What would he be suspended for?
0: Well, how many how many fights did you see Morgan Riley in last night? I saw two.
2: You, if you get two fights in a whistle, is that a suspension? Yeah, uh, one and a half. I'll call it, say he got jumped no,
0: by Maroon. No, there were two fights. Yeah, he kicked the crap out of Ruta. Yeah, and then he fought uh, Maroon. Yeah,
2: I guess it, the the league would generously call that a. I maybe he he obviously Don't didn't look. get a five
0: for that. Morgan he, Riley was in no fight. And Maroon was in no fight. Go look at the Is game Is there no sheet. fives? No fives. We should talk about officiating because, right? boy, that was a weird hockey game, wasn't it? Like, it's been, it's been noted uh, that... Yeah. Scrub the tape of that, there, please. There, was, there, there, were, there were no fights. Morgan Riley was not credited with one fight last night. That's funny. Ask his hand.
2: Yeah, that's really funny. Ask
0: Ruta's face.
2: Just a scrum, a couple of knuckle face washes. The boys are all right. Maybe
0: good on the official.
2: Yeah. Well, that would make up for the heavy whistle uh, use throughout the rest of the game. Last night, fun fact about the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mitch Marner played five minutes and 30 seconds of five-on-five hockey last night. 5.30, which is the second lowest on the team. Um, Austin Matthews played like seven minutes or something like that because there was no five-on-five time. Penalty after penalty. What did you think? I thought
0: some of the penalties were just awful. You did, eh? Yeah, I did. I thought they I tried did. to
2: set a standard.
0: Like- well, does is is that does that go back to maybe giving Sheldon more credit for for setting the officials up for for something that uh, maybe he manufactured?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a good. Good point. You know, I'm reminded of a time a guy wanted to fight me at a bar, and as I'm walking out outside, I didn't want to fight the guy. I said to the bouncer, like, we're yeah. going to go fight. Because not... I was looking for someone to get in there before yeah. I had to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> that, and and that, that's <laughs> because it was your turn to pick up the check? <laughs> I don't remember why it was, to be honest. <laughs> but, like, that that was Keith, right? Like, saying to the, the bouncers, like, hey, make sure you're in here quick on this. You know, the, the better it is for the Leafs, the more penalties called, the better it is for them with their great special teams. Do we
0: have... John Cooper on the officiating because oh, yeah. this was really interesting. Let's go to a Kippers Clipper on John Cooper.
4: There was probably a little bit too much made of. I know I heard the word "violent" was thrown around earlier today, and it's like, come on. And and so maybe, know, yeah, maybe that gets in guys' ears, and it's like, we keep control of this series, and in a series that hadn't even started yet. Um, so. But there were a lot of, there were dumb penalties taken both ways. Like, both teams were dumb. And uh, and the refs called them, and maybe some they didn't, but by, it wasn't their fault. They were calling what was laid in front of them. So um, I think probably both teams are shaking their head a bit about the amount of penalties each team took. Um, but I think to answer your question, they were probably a little heightened awareness with coming into the series. Yeah, a couple of
0: chancy calls. Which ones did like? uh, interference, yeah, fight through it's that.
2: A, it's a bit of the, a pick. The
0: worst call last night was yeah yep. that led to a five-on-three. where it was the first penalty. The first penalty yep. that led to the five-on-three. After that, it was a, uh, a, a Ruta cross-check, I think. To Marner, which, yep. All right, I'm okay with that one. But... It was a one-on-one play that was that that w- shoved. I think Camp down.
2: Camp tried to get body position, lost it more or less. Sergachev gave him one of these—a a, a shove. Well, yeah, like a, I'm in front of you playing defense. That looked shove.
0: like maybe a, a cross check to yeah. the official. We'll take it. Oh, listen, you take all of it. But <laughs> overall, as much as it may have affected the flow of the game, that stuff favors, I think, the Leafs.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the more of this, and I think that's the point Cooper's making, right? He's like, I think I heard someone say violence, (laughs) like Sheldon. And the series (laughs) didn't even start yet.
0: They both teams were dumb.
2: Yeah. He's right, though. Both teams were dumb. Like, you go through 10 penalties or whatever, you look at eight of them and go, there's something there. Like, the refs are trying to say, hey, look, this is where it's not going to be playoff hockey, where it's just. Grind it out.
1: And Gary Bettman went on record saying that there's more penalties called in the, reg- in the, in the playoffs. playoffs than six, there is in the regular six season. Six times the infractions and 1% yeah. more penalties called. I'm kind of stuck in the middle on this, fellas, because I thought it was way too many penalties last night. You know, I think you want some, the obvious trips, the obvious hooks, some interference, whatever called. But at the same time, you do have this brand of hockey that's supposed to be playoff style. It's for the cup. It's more meaningful. Yeah. I think a little bit of contact has to be let go, a little bit I'm kind of the middle though, because I, I think I think it does favor the Leafs. What if, which side do you land on it?
0: The energy that they got off of their penalty kill, and I know you don't want to tempt fate and keep going there. Yeah, but it was it was the specialty teams that were the difference makers for the Leafs.
2: Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, over the past five playoff rounds where the Leafs have been eliminated, their penalty kill was like 74% over those years. So, like, it's been a major issue for Mm -hmm. them. So locking it down against the Bolts was a great start. Do we want to hear, Keefe, on how it made the
1: game funky and messed up with all all the... I just, before we get to that, I just wanted to give praise to David Kampf on the kill. Because even before he scored the shorthanded goal, I thought he was really, really good in the center of the ice. Just kind of poking pucks at the line yeah. denying entries that's the reason you sign a guy like that yeah, you make an unsexy signing that nobody that everybody makes fun of and then you go to the playoffs and it's like yeah he's a great penalty killer he gets Rangy. the puck out long good reads i mean you don't
0: really expect him to beat vasileski under the arm on a breakaway but that was a nice nice bonus honorable uh, mention to william nylander uh, sergachev i think pulled him down on uh, on an early breakaway yeah, i think good speed, uh, early a real threat uh wasn't really rewarded but right, but a
2: g- a good hockey game from him one of the guys who was going early like in the first before the clifford penalty you didn't really like the team i didn't either um Nylander was one of the guys that from the gate seemed to have it um let's so let's do Keith on the funkiness of the game cuz things did get weird
3: well, it's a funky game, right? I mean, there's so much special teams. I don't even know how we're going to process this one, to be honest. Like, yeah, there's there's so many things happening that are not necessarily normal, and uh, we shouldn't expect to be the norm going forward. Um, but I talked about how great the crowd was, and then the other part of it was just our team seemed to be unflappable tonight. You know, Um the kills that we have early, you know, we get an early kill, no problem. We get a five-minute major, no problem. We just go out, go to the face-off, get our work done. In fact, turn it into a positive. The chances we were able to generate, the life we were able to generate, and, and then just all the way through, right? We got a five-on-three, call a timeout, get organized, go out, shoot it in the net. Shoot it in the
2: net. Shoot it in the net. Funky. Yeah, I sure set that clip up well. I really got to stop saying the thing they say in the clip. But you know, it is I, the the word that stood out to me there is unflappable. He thought they were unflappable in that game, and this is a pretty flappable team, you know. And, and that's where I give Jack Campbell credit, and he's a guy we haven't talked about yet. You know, there's a, a play there where Muzzin scores a minute 41 left in the third in the first period. A minute eighteen in left in the first period. Ross Colton gets a shot, takes a pretty sneaky wrist or far side, and Campbell gets a stop on it. Like he didn't have to be spectacular, but he was there. He was the good version of Jack. He held on to pucks. I thought that was a good showing from him.
0: No problem. This no. would be a look that Lee Fans could get used to, not needing Jack to stand on his head and spin mm-hmm. for wins. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I thought the
1: decor was excellent in front of him mm-hmm. and I kind of led me to the question I wanted to ask you guys before we get the break who stood out to you the most on the decor last night because I have a tough time picking one of the guys that I thought was the best I thought it was a
0: good team effort but I can't necessarily pick yeah. out who was best I, I, the one thing that stood out for me is that Muzzin didn't stand out yeah. in a negative way well that's right there's that, no that one you're like oh he, he kind of looked semi-normal
2: he was physical. Like, he, right? he took the body, rubbed guys out. Looked he was like blocked shots. A pretty
0: good shutdown guy. Uh, he was he was ag- aggressive enough. Mm-hmm. Didn't go looking for it. But certainly, at times, got his shots in. I think that's an excellent sign.
2: Well, and, and weird, too, to be sitting here today and go, Kasha was all right, huh? Like... Two helpers. You you know, Muzzin was all right. Kosh was all right. A lot of the guys that we were like, I don't know. You know, the decision for me to not have Hall in um, and Lilligren Labushkin were very good. So, uh, again, it's a really strange game to analyze because typically, Kipper, you and I are really good at, if I may say so. Oh, a compliment. At at finding the the things that need to be improved. That's, you know, from a coach's angle, what they can work on. It's tough sitting here today because of the way the game was funky. No problem. Just. Man, it went better than I could have imagined.
0: Jake Muzzin, his goal at age 33 years and 70 days, he's the oldest Leaf defenseman to score a playoff goal since who? Did you look? Yeah, I did. Old roommate of mine in Washington,
2: Sylvain Cote. Another guy you know pretty well while we're doing stats here. uh, Leafs opened a postseason with a shutout win for the first time since 2001. Who was the goalie?
0: I didn't look at that one. It's Cujo. It's Cujo.
2: 2001, Curtis Joseph had a 36 save. That's shot. That's a
1: long time ago. And, and I will say, the way that that Le- Leafs team played in 2001, I'm sure it was a much more spectacular shutout than the one that <laughs> Campbell <laughs> had last <laughs> <laughs> night. Those teams of my youth were just all goalies. Yeah. Cujo and Balfour,
0: that yeah. was it. All right. Good job on the breakdown, boys. I'd and it's so. just game one. Lock one. Check. Lock one. Okay, after the break, we got a guy that would do this to his mom to win a Stanley <laughs> Cup.
5: I'd fight my mom to win another Stanley Cup. <laughs> that was about the best fill-in-the-blank it could have been.
0: <laughs> Mayday up next after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born.
4: Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merry Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple,
3: Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Also on the program in the second hour, Steve Stumpy Thomas. He's familiar with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He is. Um, Good guest today.
2: Really good. As opposed to the other losers we usually get.
0: And a guy (laughs) that helped us set the tone for the playoffs all season long, and what it takes to win this time of year. And this sums it up with just a few words:
5: I'd fight my mom to win another Stanley Cup.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Let's bring in Mayday. Mayday, oh, we, a- we saw a lot of Leafs taking swings at their mom last night. Didn't we?
5: Listen, I was excited. Um, watching that game, the energy was, was palpable. It was, um, it was a great start. I thought they was, you know, it obviously started poorly for the Leafs with a five minute major, but it was unbelievable. I was Kerfoot, cur- curf- curf- with a few odd man rushes on the PK and they set the tone. And, um uh, I'm sure we're going to expect a different Tampa Bay Lightning in game two, but um, the Leafs played great. Can can you feel a little bit for
0: Clifford? Here he is. You're hearing all the comments about how this series is going to be somewhat violent and you want to go out there. Now he's not a rookie. He's a guy that's been around the block a few times here. Um, But like, how how do you explain a guy a few minutes in uh, taking, taking that penalty?
5: Well, listen, you're you're really excited and things happen quickly. Um, I'm sure he'd want to take that one back. Kind of somewhat of a predatory hit, right, on the back shoulder. Um, in the neutral zone, too, where, you know, you're trying to make something happen, but sometimes it's not there for you. And um, I feel bad for him because he's an energy guy and his teammates love him and he definitely brings that element. But um, it hurt their team for five minutes. But you know what? I think... By them killing off that penalty, it, it almost inspired their group and, and certainly the crowd. Um, it was exciting for sure, but I, I feel bad for him. I'm not exactly sure what or how long he'll get, right? Obviously, um, there'll be a hearing, but um, Carl Clifford is a character guy. He just went a little bit too too far across the line.
2: Yeah, and we uh, we haven't played the quote yet, but Sheldon Keefe also uh, really endorsed him. You know, went to bat for him and said, this is a guy who's been an important part of what we do. Um, they missed him at the end of the game when there were some uh, shenanigans. Uh, Pat Maroon chucking him at Morgan Riley, Perry and Maroon chasing around Wayne Simmons. What did you think of, uh, you know, what Tampa Bay tried to make happen when the game was out of touch there?
5: Listen, they're, they're champions down there. Um they've been there before Patrick Maroon, three in a row, Corey Perry years ago, he won, but he's been a part of the Stanley cup, you know, final last couple years. Um, these guys, they, it's all about energy. It's all about, you know, maybe trying to get something. I'll tell you what though, late in the game, um, you know, it probably doesn't have the same effect. I wouldn't think today. However, everybody knows what's going on and everybody's going to be excited for game two and the energy will be there. And I think for Tampa, um, you know, they got their clocks cleaned, and Toronto deserved that win. They played awfully awfully well, but um, expect a different team to come out, maybe a little better execution by the Tampa Bay Lightning. But um, tell you what, if Marner and Matthews continue to play like that, um, it, it, they're going to be hard to beat.
0: You would have done the same thing.
5: Oh, 100% I would have. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. I think people, let's, let's not get overzealous. It, I mean, that was... That was like kindergarten. You know what happened at the end of the game. There was nothing serious about it. Guys playing for their jobs and their and their teammates. And you know what? I think that's exciting. And it's going to bring a lot of eyeballs into Game Two and the rest of the series. And I think the NHL was expecting a a, a barn burner um, type series, and they're going to get it. And I don't think it's going to happen or or end in four games. That's for sure. Um, you got two great teams.
0: And yes. Tampa Bay was embarrassed after that, but and we, we talk about message sending and what that would mean in 2022 compared to maybe <laughs> the late 90s uh, when we did it, but it hasn't changed all that much. All I got out of the last few minutes of that hockey game is Tampa Bay's telling the Leafs and the rest of the world, we're, we're not going away quietly here. We're just getting started.
5: That, that's exactly what it is. And again, you know, the impact of, of a fight. Listen, I mean, there was a couple stitches maybe um, in in, T- in Tampa's locker room after that game. But really, um, I don't even know if the energy turn, like transfers over to game two. But one thing I can tell you is there will be players that will either be you know understimulated or overstimulated, and might take a penalty early in the game, like Clifford did, because they're overstimulated. Because of what ha- transpired or happened at the end of the game, so um, it's a matter of coaching right now, and and your leaders in the locker room, your veteran players. Tampa's got a lot of them to you know inspire their teammates, but also um, get them to that right, that perfect um, level of performance, and that's the hardest thing to get twenty players you know in that zone at the same time. That's why you know in in the game of hockey, it's you know teams going on streaks, winning sometimes they lose, but um, it's because they don't have that same energy or that same um, level of commitment, you know, throughout your lineup.
2: What did you make of uh, the officiating? Very different from how we tend to think of playoff hockey, right? You know, the old um, nothing gets called, put the whistles away, 10 penalties last night. Did you think it was excessive?
5: No, I don't think so. I I mean, when I was watching now, um, could, could there be fewer penalties? Probably. But at the end of the day, um, you've got two great offensive teams in this series and, um, penalties are going to hurt the team that takes the most penalties, unless they, can, you know, have incredible, you know, seven, 10, 12 day, you know, periods for their penalty killers. Um, whoever takes the most penalties is going to lose this series. I believe
0: as far as, uh, Cooper and Tampa here, you got a veteran team, um, Does he go into last night uh, or this morning trying to figure out how hard you're going to push a veteran team or challenge him this early? Or do you expect them to more more or less figure it out on their own? Because we are talking about guys that have been around the block a few times.
5: Well, I I bet you, you know, probably some of John Cooper's, you know, his greatest attributes as a coach is understanding when to push and when not to. Mm -hmm. and. He's got a team of champions, Stanley Cup winners, in that locker room. You know, just getting started, you know, to try to win their third in a row. And, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they were, you know, focused and ready to go. But, um, you know, there's going to be a moment, I'm sure, if, you know, if, if they get down this series by another game or two, um, you know, maybe that, that speech changes. But I don't – John Cooper seems very level-headed. Um, and, and they, they run. But their highs aren't too high. Their lows aren't too low. And they, and they just plod through. So um, that's what makes great coaches, right? Sometimes it's the moves that you don't make that are most valuable to be a coach. You know, what player you call in, what player do you snap on? um, Who are you motivating today? But motivation shouldn't even be the factor, right? It should be just more about focus and and control. And um, you know, with that being said, that same conversation has to happen in every locker room in Toronto's locker room. Um, you know, game two is gonna get harder and as the series goes on, I get certainly against the Stanley Cup champions, that um, I think Toronto's in a great place, but um their level's gonna to have to rise as well.
2: And because of all the success they've had in the past, it's impossible to sit here and think Toronto has some raging advantage in the series. But one thing that stood out to myself and to Kipper, too, in our talk earlier, is just the Leafs' speed. They looked like the faster team. They had the energy. Tampa either looked slower or not energized, one of those two things. I wonder if there's a way or a place that Tampa could get to in this series where they would say this Maroon-Perry-Belmar line is not quick enough to keep up. Like, would they ever make a roster change, or do you think they'll just stick with this lineup knowing what they've been through in the past, even if Toronto continues to outskate them the way they did in
5: Game 1? I can tell you this. Uh, it's a great question. Um, if Tampa's even considering, you know, changing lineups after that game... Now, listen, there's always players in, in, in you know, waiting, ready for their opportunity, but you've built your team. They went through the whole season with those guys. Um, they're not throwing them under the bus yet. I can promise you that. And they're not that slow and they've been a pretty valuable line for a long time or certainly the season in in Tampa. So um, I wouldn't think that that's an issue. Um, Obviously if you get down two or three games, you know, coaches become desperate and maybe they have to make a big change. Maybe they play seven defensemen. It all comes down to injuries too, right? I mean, there are going to be injuries in this series and players not playing at a hundred percent. So those things do happen, but, that was a great hockey game. Toronto played at home. If I'm in that locker room in Tampa, Nick, you've been there. Um, you're saying, listen, let's win Game Two. If you're Tampa, let's win Game Two, get a split on the road, and home ice advantage is now you know nullified, and or it's in our in our favor. So um, that's what they're saying in Tampa. But the bottom line is, you gotta you know put your money where your mouth is, and you gotta go out and perform. And, and um, I'd expect a barn burner. Um, in game two, but we'll soon find out.
0: Mayday, if I'm John Cooper, I'm starting to think that way after Mitch Marner made it 4 nothing late in the second period. I'll ask this to, to you first, Mayday, and then maybe get a comment from JB here, but anyone surprised to see Vasilevsky start the third period here? When we talk about a team that a month ago you're asking yourself – Are they tired? Are they running out of gas? And then they go on a nice run to finish the regular season. And then you watch that first game one, and you're like, I think you're right back to asking that question. Is this a team that's just slowly uh, losing their juice? And if that's the case, why not pull Vasilevsky last night for the third?
5: Listen, the way they played going into the playoffs, Tampa's been pretty darn good. And they're not going to pull Vasilevsky. If you do that, it, literally, that that's the doubt that creeps in. Unless the team was playing so bad in front of them, sometimes the coach will pull a goaltender. But um, you gotta, you got to have your goaltender find it as well. Um, this guy is one of the best, if not the best, in the National Hockey League. So, um, no, you're not pulling him. I do understand the question, and it does make sense, but it's game one, guys. They've been through it. A lot of teams, young teams, get excited, start reading their own you know, prints, their own clippings and um, get a little ahead of themselves, start thinking about round two and, and all these other things that, that, that come into a player's mind, um, the Tampa Bay Lightning have proven that they've been able to battle winning tough games on the road, at home, and, and extending series. So um, I don't think there's any panic in Tampa, but I'll tell you what, if if they play like that, what, for six more days, they're going to be out of, the, out of the first round. So um, they need to find it. Steven Stamkos, Kucherov, Braden Point, expect their best because they're coming.
2: How do you manage that then for Toronto? Like, you know, we talked about Tampa and saying, you know, they never get too high. They never get too low. Toronto is the opposite, man. This team has an excuse to feel good about themselves. The next one is Coast City. You know, how do they find that? Is it the coach that has to go in there and tell, you know, convince them? that they're not as good as the press clippings? What are the steps that need to happen for the Leafs to find that game one level again and again and again?
5: I think that's, that's why you play 82 games. That's why you, you, know, you travel, you spend time together on the road as teammates, and you try to figure out each other, you know, um, where, where the strongest attributes are. And for, for me, it's, you know, it, it's all about the team and, and awareness of where you are. I know when I was a younger player, and we got up in a matter of fact, my second year we beat the Bruins in, in the first round. We go in to play against the Montreal Canadiens. We get swept in four games. We're done hockey in like seven or eight days, and we thought that we were going to go beyond. You know, we we're going to beat Montreal. We, we we're off like overconfident. I remember as a young player, literally thinking, you know, because I I want to say the other series that was being played in '92-'93 was Pittsburgh against. Um, the New York Islanders. I just re- remember thinking during that second round, I can't wait to go play against Mario if they win or, or, or going to long Island. I was actually thinking ahead. <laughs> we didn't even win a game. <laughs> and this is where our minds go. And the other part is you get down in a series. Why it's so difficult to come back when you're down is listen, when you're, when you're being ready to be knocked out or you, you don't have as much confidence, you start thinking about, okay, I got to get, I got to call U-Haul. I got to move my furniture. <laughs> I'm going back to the car. And truly, guys, I'm telling you, I know. I mean, these guys aren't aren't infallible. These these thoughts creep into one's in one's head, and all of a sudden, if you're thinking like that, there's not a chance in the world that you can be, you know, go out and perform at your best. And that's where I think it's it's a really fine line. To answer your question, it's about the veteran players, and. You don't, you don't necessarily have to be a veteran, but you have to be a player that's had experience, whether it was at the midget level, junior level, college level. We're in these situations where you can actually go back to that moment, that Zen-like moment, and regain your focus. And um, the best teams I played with, you had teammates that actually identified players that weren't 100% focused, and they were able to bring them back into the fold.
0: You know what was big in our day? Watching certain guys make plans Oh, yeah. for the world championships when we're not out of a series yet.
5: Oh. Hey, hey, and you know what, Nick, I'm telling you, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about the, your, 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 your Czech teammates with the Washington Capitals, um, Michael Bavanka, Peter Bondra, and yes, they would actually <laughs> well, I'm not quite the <laughs> finger pointer right now. <laughs> well, I am, hey, hey, I am. And you know what? And you guys were up in series, and, and truly, these guys were actually negotiating contracts in the, in the game six of series, looking for the contract for the next year, if I remember correctly. The bottom line is, you get players like that. If you're not 100% in, you know, and there's, there's a lot of players, and it doesn't, not so much anymore, but the World Championships had a real big hold on a lot of players. Yes, it did. I think it's, I think it's changed a little bit. It because, has. You know, the, the landscape of hockey. But 30 years ago, Guys, that, that's where they, you know, got their social capital <laughs> and, and playing for their countries. If they weren't going to win, they'd rather go play in the World Championships. And that's, that, you know what, as a general manager or a coach, you got to identify who those people are or were.
2: Well, and that's, you know, so much of this, the Toronto Maple Leafs, is about the stuff we're talking about here where it's the mental aspect and, and the side of things. And, and I just can't help but wonder, like, le- the first game went so perfect – are there going to be demons, you know, they go down 2 nothing. We know Tampa can rally, and we know what they can do. They've been through this. Are the Leafs going to have the ability, when things don't go right, to see the big picture, or is it going to be time to, you know, completely fall apart? So uh, I imagine the these guys being in their prime age, Brad, I, I imagine this is the time to kind of figure it out for this core, the Matthews and Marner types, right?
5: Absolutely. And and, and here's the deal. I'm not a pessimist, so I have to imagine that, that- – that team in Toronto—they got to defend. Obviously, that that has been, you know, their Achilles' heel, you know, over the last little while or last couple of years. But they've got so much talent. They got to believe in themselves. And I wouldn't go there because if you if if you're thinking that way, you're not going to be the best you can be. And mm-hmm. I'm sure these players are confident. They had great years, a lot of them. And um, but for for the fan base, the Maple Leaf fan base, and being a local. Everybody wants, they're already planning the parade route, right? I mean, they're still, they have to win 15 more games in three different, or four series, but three different series after this one to actually have the parade. How about this one? Focus on game two. Don't worry about what's going to happen in game three and stay focused for, you know, the next 36 hours. And then give yourself an hour or two after your win or your loss. You know, you, you reflect, you enjoy it or not and then you get yourself focused for the next one. But that's the hardest part, to be able to have your team, 20, 25 players that are going to end up playing, that are going to be, you know, at their peak for two straight months. It's difficult. And um, that's all about this, you know, selection process and who you're, you know, choosing to play on your third and fourth lines and as extra players or who your star players are. Um, that work has already been done, right, by their scouts and their management. These players are the guys that can make it happen. they got to believe in themselves and keep going.
0: And most importantly, find those continuous uh, lessons that you learn about yourself in this process because there's just, there's no Stanley Cup presented without numerous uh, hills to climb and battle those those moments of adversity and for us in 94 to stand out of course the conference final where we needed mess and is guaranteed to go into new jersey and then blowing a 3-1 lead to vancouver in the final how about you with your stanley cup run uh those 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 moments of adversity which could have made or break you
5: oh nick you know you just forgive me i i i remember your 94 run i remember watching and, and um Cheering you on, but um, as a player on the Anaheim Ducks, um, and I got traded to that team at the trade deadline, um, we had so many you know great players, but we had so much adversity to go through. We had injuries. Um, JS Giguere didn't even start the playoffs. Our backup, who was very very good, was Ilya Brizgalov. Stood on his head first game, first three games against Minnesota. Arguably, we could have been beaten by the Minnesota Wild in the first round, and we went on to win the Stanley Cup. We won 16 games. We only lost five. It's a pretty good record to go on. The, you know, we uh, the only series that went beyond five games was against the Detroit Red Wings, and we could have lost that series too. And, and it took an overtime, you know, heroic effort by Tameusolani, you know, or we would have been down in that series against against Detroit. So there are so many factors. I got suspended. Pronger got suspended twice. I broke my hand. I had to wear a cast for six weeks. Um, you know, Didn't Pronger step on
0: someone's head?
5: <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, but I can't. Re- no, he hit Thomas Holmstrom on one, and then I, he knocked out Dean McCammon oh, okay. kind of like in the final It's hard to but, keep
0: track with him,
5: right? <laughs> uh he was he was a crazy one, that's for sure. But I'll tell you what, pretty pretty good team to play on when Chris Bronger's on the ice thirty minutes a night, okay. and then you had Scott Scottie Niedermeyer behind him or or ahead of him. It, we had we had a deep team, but the adversity, even as easy. As our record looked to win the Stanley Cup, we could have been beaten in in three of those series, and um you you can't take anything for granted
0: all right we're running out of time here, but I want to let you know that yesterday we had Randy Carlisle on our show, okay <laughs> all right Love and it. Yes. it was great yep. it was great having him on, but all I could think about was a certain game called
5: Touch Randy. <laughs> <laughs> touch Randy. What was yeah, that? Do you want me to tell you?
0: Because yes. <laughs> t- I think I screwed it up yesterday.
5: Yeah. So so I get to An- I get to Anaheim and we, we we're at a team golf event and George Peros and I don't want to throw anybody else under the bus but Georgie's the highest ranking guy in the National League now with for, with us. Georgie makes up this game of Touch Randy. So. <laughs> randy doesn't want to be around anybody and if even if you're 10 feet from him he gives you a snarl but (laughs) we played this game where we're all like all season the rest of the year after you know to get off the ice you had to touch randy (laughs) to get on the air you had to touch randy (laughs) and randy didn't know what was going on i i don't think but i'll tell you what pretty pretty crazy when you're when you go out of your way to give him a little tap on the back hey coach how you doing or you know whatever it was, hey, oh, hey, do you have anything to say to me today or whatever it was, but every player that was involved had to touch Randy <laughs> every day. <And> it, <laughs> this guy, he must have thought at some point in time, is you know, what the heck is going on, but um, touch Randy was a real fun game for us.
0: You know, today that gets you a visit to HR. <laughs> yeah, don't have that
5: <laughs> at the office, I can tell you that. Hey, it was awesome, and we laughed, and the craziest part was, a lot of guys, some guys would forget. So they'd only have like five minutes to go before the plane took off. And they'd have to get out of their seat, walk to the <laughs> front of the plane, and that's
0: Randy. <laughs> that's awesome.
5: That
0: yeah. Man, that always a pleasure having you on our show. You touch our heart every time you're on our our show.
5: Poetic. Hey, go, go, Leaf, guys. Thanks <laughs> for <you having me. laughs> Stanley Cup champion Brad
0: May with the Ducks 2006 2007.
2: Kind of reminds me in Super Troopers when they have to get the last meow in. (laughs) JB. Perfect. That is hilarious.
0: All right. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, Stumpy, Stevie Thomas, another former NHL or former Toronto Maple Leaf uh, and also former coach Mm -hmm. in Tampa Bay. Maybe he can give us some insights on uh, John Cooper. What might he be thinking about as he gets ready for game two? You're watching and listening, real Kipper and Born Sportsnet 590, The Fan.